It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. What's going on, everybody? It is the Locked on Redskins podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. And once again, today on this particular episode, we're going to continue our ultimate NFC East crossover uh, with my three colleagues that cover the other three NFL and NFC East teams, I should say, Patricia Trana of Locked on Giants. Uh, Marcus Mosier of Locked On Cowboys, and as well, Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles. That's all still to come. We're going to focus on the Cowboys today. Uh, And don't worry, we're going to get to the Redskins. We're also going to get to the Giants, and then we're going to get to a bunch of NFC East divisional issues on Friday. Um, But first, we have some huge news in Redskins land, and it's really not good. Uh, The Redskins were apparently told on Monday night, first reported by uh, ESPN's John Kime, and then confirmed by a couple of different other outlets. And I know J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington actually spoke, actually spoke to Quentin Dunbar that Quentin Dunbar has requested a trade or a release Now, let's back up. On Monday morning, it came out that Quentin Dunbar and J.P. Finley had the original report on this, that Quentin Dunbar, with one year left on his deal, was not going to participate in the non-mandatory OTAs. And the way I spun this was, you know, listen, I understand his point. They're non-mandatory. He's got one year left. He's seen guys drop like flies. He's had plenty of injury issues. Again, it's really the only knock against him at this point. 
And the bottom line is, is even though no Larry Hess, we still don't know if the medical staff is, you know, anything good other than reputation. And we still don't know. uh, I mean, you can have the best medical staff, guys still get hurt. It's still, it's still professional football and guys get hurt. So Quentin Dunbar, who has gotten hurt a lot going into a contract year, was not going to participate in OTAs. So then it became known later on in the evening that Dunbar made it clear to one team official, at least, that he wanted a trade or he wanted to be released. That first reported by John Kime of ESPN. So we went from he's not going to participate in OTAs to he's not going to want to be here. That was a pretty quick elevation of the story. (laughs) So where we're at now is Dunbar confirmed this uh, to Finley of NBC Sports Washington on Monday night, saying basically, look, we haven't had any discussions. We were working on a deal in the under the previous regime, uh, and now a new regime has come in, and we haven't had any discussions, so I want out. Here's the thing, I mean, that i got to be honest with you about. Uh, I like Quentin Dunbar. Um, however, they've been on the job for a little over a month. Their first priority is not giving Quentin Dunbar a whole boatload of guaranteed cash. Even though he deserves it, their first priority was hiring the staff. Their first priority was getting everything settled down, going to the Senior Bowl, dealing with that. Their first priority was getting everything set up. This is what happens when you have a coaching staff. They just got back to the office after, I guess, a week's vacation Ron gave them, Ron Rivera gave them, uh, because, you know, otherwise these coaches are not going to have any vacation until uh, mid-June, mid to late June. Uh, and, And that's generally how NFL staffs work. They basically take a week off right after the Super Bowl, right around the Super Bowl, uh, and then they go straight through uh, and go through all the OTAs, the draft, free agency, all that, until mid-June when teams basically shut down for about four or five weeks. Um, So the bottom line is this. The team, the coaching staff, and the executive staff just basically got back into the office. And Dunbar is mad because they haven't had any discussions. Well, to me, that's being a little overeager, a little overaggressive. Quentin Dunbar can want all the trades he wants. He can ask to be released. I don't see him getting released. Uh, There's no need to do that if they want to trade him. I think you have to trade him for a equally good corner. I threw out Darius Slay in my column on RedskinsReport.com. He wants a big money deal from the Detroit Lions. He's going into the final year of his deal. He's one of the top corners in the NFL. To me, maybe you exchange, quote-unquote, headache for headache. I, I just don't see a release, but I, I could see a trade. And if you're Ron Rivera, now that Quentin Dunbar has gone public with his anger and his frustration, how do you bring him back? How do you justify giving him a boatload of cash? How do you just say, hey, he'll he'll report? Because no, he won't, and it will be a mess. And then you'll have a big kind of black cloud hanging over your head. You want to eliminate as many of those as you can. So ultimately, just in wrapping this up, 
Um, you know, I think Quentin Dunbar is probably, probably going to get moved uh, at some point. I, I, I don't know for sure. Um, but unless he changes his tune and they then reverse course and settle things down, I guess you have to kind of look at it as Quentin Dunbar has probably played his last game. Now, there is one other major story. Uh, the Redskins are trying to move forward in the Commonwealth of Virginia, apparently to build a new stadium by first securing gambling licenses, sports gambling licenses. Now, Virginia doesn't have legalized gambling of any sort on, on, on you know, if you don't count the Virginia lottery. Whereas Maryland has all sorts of casinos and has clearly embraced that, but they don't have sports gambling. Um, and Dan Snyder and the Redskins are apparently trying to push through this. They got um, politicians to push through two different bills that have to be kind of melded into one and then approved by the governor. Um, you know, And then the whole stadium part has to happen, and that's going to be very, 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 very tricky. So it looks like Virginia could be back involved here, uh, and uh, and we'll see. I, I've, I've maintained, and I did a whole big breakdown again on RedskinsReport.com that you can check out with video and uh, audio and all that stuff. I, I've been a big, big, big proponent all throughout the years that the Redskins want to be in Virginia. That's how they kind of look at themselves. Uh, and I know that was the original plan, and now it seems like it might be the current plan right here and right now. All right, coming up, day two of the ultimate NFC East crossover. We're going to go inside the Cowboys with Marcus Mosier, Patricia Trana, Louis DiBiase, and myself breaking down the Cowboys. Redskins up on Thursday right here on LOR. What's up, guys? If you've been a listener of this podcast, the Locked On Redskins podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Redskins is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Redskins fans, just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Locked On Redskins fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. Let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, that's text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. 
Welcome back to the Ultimate NFC East Crossover Edition of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, I'm joined today by Patricia Trainer of Locked On Giants, Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles, and Chris Russell of Locked On Redskins to talk about the Dallas Cowboys in 2019 and going forward into the 2020 season. Uh, let's go ahead and first start with the big news out of Dallas. The Cowboys made a coaching change uh, going from Jason Garrett to Mike McCarthy. I'm curious to hear what your guys' opinion was of that move. Uh, Patricia, let's start with you. Uh, you guys actually hired Jason Garrett. Uh, what were your feelings on the, the Cowboys moving on from Garrett and hiring McCarthy? I guess I was surprised. I mean, well, maybe not so much surprised because, you know, Jason Garrett had been there as the head coach for 10 years, if I'm not mistaken. I think he had been the offensive coordinator for a few years thereafter. And really, he never really got them over the hump. Now, is that because he didn't have the talent? Is it because he got stale with what he was doing? Um, I think it could have been a combination of the, of all the above. And, you know, with Mike McCarthy, you know, he's, he's a proven winner. He's won a Super Bowl. Um, he has he runs a system that I think might be a better fit for the talent down there in Dallas, especially on offense. So I'm very curious to see how it all comes together. Uh, you know, I'll jump in here for um, uh, this is Chris Russell from Lockdown Redskins. I, I mean, I, I I think you know McCarthy probably got a bad rap a little bit in Green Bay. Everybody's always going to side with the with the star quarterback, I think, right? But we all know how prickly Aaron Rodgers can be. So I think McCarthy uh, sitting back, kind of taking that year off to recharge his battery, spend some time with his family. Uh, I know in talking to a buddy of mine, Jim Hazlitt, who spent some time with him over the offseason, you know, they went to Cincinnati, or, you know, where Hazlitt was kind of based. Uh, and they had all these you know, film sessions and they talked about the league and they studied the league and they watched film of the league and they met with pro football focus and they did some analytic stuff to you know, better prepare each one of those guys that were in those think tank sessions and specifically McCarthy for the, green, for the you know, Dallas situation. You know, I, I, I think you live and you learn, right? You, you, you understand how to be a, how to fix things maybe that you did wrong that have been kind of gnawing at you. So I, I, I'm always like one of these, you know, I'd rather hire a, a recycled head coach. If you would call McCarthy a recycled head coach, I wouldn't because he's had an opportunity to learn and process what he did right and what he did wrong over a successful run, a largely successful run in Green Bay. Yeah, look, I don't know. I mean, for me, I don't hate the the hire. It wasn't one that I think is going to really excite a lot of people. And maybe that's what surprised me that Jerry Jones didn't go for, or maybe he did, who knows. But like, again, this isn't a, a hire that's going to kill the team for sure. Mike McCarthy, like you guys said, a proven winner. He's won a Super Bowl. He has worked with some great quarterbacks, of course, like Aaron Rodgers. I just, I was expecting heading into the offseason, like, okay, Jerry Jones is going to go all in for uh, a Lincoln Riley, right? Or, or an Urban Meyer. So I don't know. I was maybe yeah. a little bit surprised that yeah. Jerry Jones kind of went with the, I don't want to call it a safe move, but he kind of made the, I don't know, not a, like a crazy big splash. Well, I was going to say the, the reason why he went with a McCarthy rather than one of those, you know, Urban Meyer, Lincoln Riley, is he mm -hmm. felt like this team wasn't that far away. They didn't need to rebuild this right. entire roster. They just felt like they needed to retool. And that's, for the most part, I agree, because this team was a very talented team who, you know, they, they basically had a playoff game against Philadelphia in week 16, and they just weren't able to get their the, the players up for it. So 
Um, you know, they, they believe with a couple tweaks on offense and some, maybe some scheme changes on defense, they can be right back in the playoffs and be a contender in the NFC. Do you guys see that as a possibility with the Cowboys as soon as 2020? Absolutely. I mean, now their Cowboys have some questions that they have to resolve. For example, what are they going to do with Dak Prescott? That contract is hanging over their heads. Are they going to be able to afford Amari Cooper? That's hanging over their head. And I think those are significant questions. And if I'm not mistaken, don't they have another one of another one of their receivers as a free agent, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, Randall Cobb's a free agent as well. So they have some decisions to make. You know, the core of the team is going to be, I think, in place for the most part, but it's these these additional players that you know are kind of the the decorative part, if you if you will, that they have to make decisions on. And I don't know if they're going to have enough resources to accommodate everybody. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I would say this uh, again. I th- I think when you have the kind of talent that the Dallas Cowboys have, and we all recognize that they have talent. To me, it does. Even though there's going to be some changes, and there's going to, and Patricia just kind of talked about them. So for the sake of, of time, I'm not going to, you know, kind of reemphasize them. But there are going to be changes to right each one of our squads that we cover on a daily basis. There are certainly going to be changes to the Dallas Cowboys. But when you're this talented, for the most part, when your core is that uh, um, tied up and, and invested, and, and for the most part invested well, I, I think all it takes is a little tweak here and a tweak there. You don't have a massive salvage operation here. You don't have a massive blow-up operation. Even the Redskins don't have that coming off of a three-win year. Certainly the Cowboys don't have it. So I think if Mike McCarthy truly knows what, again, he did right, what he did wrong in Green Bay, how, you know, and of course the the situation with Dak Prescott remains to be seen how they handle that. I I mean, I don't see him going anywhere, but I I guess there's this wacky Michael Irvin uh, rumor as we discussed this, you know, I I just think it's not going to take a whole lot to get the Cowboys going in the right direction. No, I'm with you. I think they're very talented across the board. It's just a, they are in a weird spot because they have a lot of decisions to make on some core pieces like Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, you know, Byron Jones on the other side as well. And you bring in a new head coach, but if they are for the most part, what they were last year, still with that offensive line and Ezekiel Elliott, I I think they're going to be right in the fold. I don't think the NFC, the NFC is, there's a lot of teams that are normally in the hunt, but there aren't it isn't a, a conference where I'm like, all right, here are the top six and boom, Dallas just has no opportunity. As long as there's not major turnover where Dak Prescott is elsewhere and Amari Cooper is elsewhere, they're going to be playing, you know, for the NFC East late in the season, just like they normally are. So it, it is a unique spot though, because they do have some decisions to make on which guys they want to financially commit. All right. That is part one of our ultimate NFC East crossover on this Tuesday edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast as we focus in on the Dallas Cowboys part two of our four-way conversation about the Cowboys and more coming up next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL scouting podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. Locked on Redskins podcast. We continue along day two of our ultimate NFC East crossover, focusing in on the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, Marcus, I want to ask you, uh, speaking of which, Michael Irvin apparently has uh, <laughs> said that he might that he heard that maybe there was a possibility of Dak be moving on and uh, Tom Brady coming in. I mean, I, I found that to be just... <laughs> I, I, I was like, whoa, man, that, that would be something. I mean, what are you hearing about that? Yeah, so the the truth of the story is Michael Irvin was in Miami uh, for the Super Bowl, and he was around some former Dallas Cowboys who uh, I, I wouldn't say have a role with the team but are close to Jerry Jones, and they were more uh, theorizing the potential of the Cowboys doing a move like that. Uh, I can tell you inside the Cowboys front office, that's absolutely not a conversation they have. Uh, Mike McCarthy took this job because he believes he can turn Dak Prescott into an elite quarterback. Um, that's just something that's not very realistic. It's a fun, a fun story to talk about in the beginning of February when there's nothing else going on. Uh, but it's not something I, I anticipate happening at all. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we're actually going to talk a little bit about Dak Prescott and his future with the Dallas Cowboys. All right, we are back here at the Ultimate NFC East crossover edition of the Locked On Cowboys, Locked On Giants, Locked On Eagles, and Locked On Redskins podcast. Um, I want to talk about Dak Prescott from a uh, perspective from the the division rivals. Um, It's pretty clear here in Dallas that the Cowboys are going to give Prescott an extension worth, you know, probably $35, $36 million. Um, Patricia, we'll start with you. As a Giants fan, are, are, does that seem too expensive for Prescott? Uh, how do you feel about the Cowboys potentially locking up uh, Prescott for the foreseeable future? Hey, I say go for it. I mean, if the Giants can upgrade their talent to where they're not letting quarterbacks like Dak Prescott run wild and have all that day back there to throw, go ahead. Spend that salary cap money. That's less money you're going to have to keep <laughs> your, your talent down the line and get other other pieces. But but no, seriously, I mean, Dak Prescott is an interesting uh, player. He, he, you know, he's developed. He's come a long way. I'm still not so sure, with all apologies to Cowboys fans here, but I'm still not so sure they can go all the way with him. But uh, certainly, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what effect Mike McCarthy has on him and and how his system brings the most out of uh, Prescott. I'll jump in here on on a Redskins perspective. I mean, guys, you know, that, again, can extend the play like Tony Romo used to just break the backs of the Washington Redskins time and time and time again until they just found a way on that Monday night game back in 2014 to just send heat-seeking missiles at him and just beat him to a pulp. Uh, You know, they have not been able to get that necessarily that beat on Dak Prescott. He always finds a way to, much like Carson Wentz against the Redskins, and maybe this is just more the Redskins than Carson Wentz and or Dak Prescott, he just finds a way to beat their coverage and break them down on a third and 12 when you, you know, you're putting all sorts of pressure on him or he'll sneak out the back door, you know, or they'll run a play action boot in the red zone. And he just finds a way again to, to kind of break their backs a little bit. So to me, I, I, you know, I've always been of the thought, look, uh, (laughs) do I want to pay my quarterback $35 million a year? Uh, and the requisite salary cap hits, no, I, I don't want to do that. But we all, I think, understand 
I, at least I, I think we all understand, that you cannot win with a bad quarterback. Absolutely. You cannot win with a mediocre quarterback, I don't think, on a consistent basis. And especially when you get in the playoffs, I think Tennessee, you know, kind, kind of sort of eventually found that out, right, when they ran into a brick wall against Kansas City because Tannehill couldn't do anything. To me, right. like Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback, but I'd rather have a good quarterback even if I'm overpaying. Yeah, I agree. I'm one of the guys that as long as I don't have an elite quarterback, I'm always going to keep looking for one. That's easier said than done because, you know, Chris, like you said, if you don't even have a good one, odds are sustained success is just not possible. So it's kind of an interesting spot with Dak Prescott. Like, you know, you look at Kirk Cousins in Minnesota with how strong that roster is. That's a spot that I would eventually, if I'm Minnesota, I would get antsy and want to upgrade. Same with San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo. Those are guys I think you can win with. I don't know if they're guys you can always win because of. I think Dak Prescott is, I don't think he's a top-tier quarterback, but I don't think he's certainly in that category either. I mean, there were some games this year against Philadelphia, didn't throw a touchdown at 56% completion percentage against the Bears, against the Patriots. There were games this year where he struggled in big moments, but for the most part, I love having a quarterback that can run, that can extend plays. And when, you know, it's hard to really complain when a guy throws for almost 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns and with just 11 picks. So I I don't want to say I think Dak Prescott's Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins in that kind of category, the Teddy Bridgewaters of the world. But I also don't think he's quite to the level of a a tier one quarterback yet, maybe. I mean, who knows? He could get to that point, but I don't know. That's kind of where my head's at with Dak Prescott. Yeah, I hear me, something. Go ahead, no, Patricia. Oh, go ahead. Uh, the thing to remember with quarterbacks, and this is the argument that I made a lot, and I know Giant fans, a lot of them didn't agree with me on this, but what is the role of the quarterback? To throw the ball. He's not a runner. You don't want a guy who, you know, can't read defenses as well, and so he compensates for taking off, you know, taking off with the ball and whatnot. He's got to be able to read defenses. He's got to be able to throw the ball. And, you know, Dak Prescott has done a better job at that. He's he's gotten better at that. But, you know, I just think sometimes that people get they fall too in love with the mobile quarterbacks and they, you know, because they're exciting and they can, you know, run the ball and they're, they're up there in the rushing yard leaders, but the, but the end of the day, they have to be able to throw the ball and they have to be able to make plays with their arms. Yeah. I'll, we'll, we'll finish up with this. Um, You know, one of the things that you need to have in a young quarterback is you need to play well against your division. Uh, And while there's certainly been games for Prescott, uh, you know, you can point to the Eagles game this year, the the basically the play-in game that he hasn't played well. For the most part, he's done an excellent job. Uh, 18 and mm-hmm. six in his 24 games in the division, uh, 45 total touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Uh, he has played well in this division, and the hope is with bringing in M- Mike McCarthy, uh, maybe upgrading the wide receiver position even a little bit more, uh, maybe with a healthier offensive line they can get him to take that next step. Again, he's he's a pretty young quarterback. He's only 26 years old. They believe with some better coaching, they can get him to that next level where okay, now that he is being paid more, you know, a higher salary, he can carry a little bit more of the team uh rather than what maybe he did as a rookie or as a second year player. So, mm-hmm. while you're certainly going to have to pay him more, I think a lot of people around the Cowboys organization are encouraged and optimistic about what Prescott is going to be into the future. All right, that is it for today's episode of the Ultimate NFC East Crossover Edition. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Go ahead, guys. uh, Tell us where you can find your work. Plug uh, your Twitter accounts for, for all the listeners out there. 
You can find me at Patricia underscore Trina. And of course, I'm the host of the Locked On Giants podcast. And you can find my written work on GiantsCountry.com, which is an SI.com sports channel. Go ahead, Louie. You can find me and, of course, our podcast on any platform, or we have our site locked on eagles.com. And my written content is up at 973ESPN.com. Uh, and I'm Chris Russell, host of the Locked On Redskins podcast. You can f- uh, follow me on Twitter at WrestleMania621 or my podcast uh, at Locked Redskins uh, on Twitter as well. Read me, redskinsreport.com, and listen to me on 1067 The Fan and the radio.com app throughout the Washington, D.C. area. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. You can follow the podcast at Locked On Cowboys. Make sure you follow my co-host, uh, Lena McCool, at McCoolBCB. On the next show on the Ultimate NFC East Crossover Edition podcast, we will be talking to uh, Patricia about the New York Giants and what that new staff is going to look like under Joe Judge. And that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you. Uh, Thanks for being with us. We will have an in-depth profile of the New York Giants the New York Giants coming up on the next episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast, and then we'll finish it up with the Redskins and around the NFC East. I'm Chris Russell. Adios. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.